I'm just gonna kill everything that moves. The Holler Kings, where the horrors southern fried. Hello, I'm Craig. And I'm Adam. And we're the Holler Kings. The motherfucking Holler King. It's true. It's all true. Yeah. This is, I guess, technically like our Christmas episode. Christmas. It's like having a wart removed. I don't know what that is. Black Christmas. Oh, of course. It's one of the phone like yeah, yeah from the phone calls. Yeah. yeah. And it's about abortion. Good old abortion. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Um, ho, we- ho, fuck. That's another Black Christmas. <laughs> no. Is that remake or the original? No, original. Original? Oh. Yeah. You know your stuff. I do. I've watched that movie a lot. <laughs> so on our Christmas episode slash, I guess, New Year's episode, ushering in 2023, we're going to send out 2022 on a little film called Pearl. From the world of X, a stunning Technicolor nightmare. You are not well, Pearl. It's clever, violent, and wicked. I will not let you leave this farm. Breathtakingly scary. Pearl, only beaters. Pearl. That's right, baby. Uh, I think this was just kind of a mutual agreed upon mm-hmm. film to, to talk sure. about. We both really enjoyed X. Please go back and check out that episode if you want to hear our thoughts. Yeah. We need some more dicks in horror movies. But we both... We need more dongs in horror. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, we both really enjoyed it. Both recommended it. Both felt that it was weirdly authentic, even though it was shot in another country and not in Texas. Yep. Uh, That is why this is grandfathered into this podcast about Southern horror, is because the setting is Texas. With that said, tell us about Pearl. Yes, Pearl follows the obvious character of Pearl on her family farm in the year 1918 and her dreams of stardom and getting off her family farm Mm. and the links she will go to, I guess. You know, this being a prequel to X, do you feel like you need to have seen X to watch this film? No, not inherently. I, I I feel like this is a solid enough story that you can watch it. Um, that, Cause there's not like a whole lot of callback to X where you need to know things other than, I guess maybe, I mean, you don't even need it for that, but the alligator maybe right. Everything else I think is, you know, enough uh, in, in, in its own world that you don't need to have seen X before that. I kind of wonder like in future generations or future years, how many people will just watch it in order. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like chronological right. uh, timeline in order or whatever. Because I think it would totally work that way mm-hmm. and flow into each other kind of naturally in that way. But uh, who is behind Oh, who is behind Pearl? Ah, Ty West. Yes. Yeah, and I guess be, Mia, Maya, Mia. Uh, Mia I assume it's Mia. Mia uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, because they co wrote it together and uh, West directed. What's the inception of this? Tell us. Uh, from what I, 
have understand it's just kind of something that they kind of came up with and kind of beat out a whole idea and script for it while quarantining before shooting X and then mm -hmm. talked to A24 and was like, while we're here, why don't we just do a prequel and kind of got the green light at that point. It's pretty remarkable. and Really impressive. To, to me, it's insane that X came out early in the year and now already a sequel is yeah. out just a few months later. And uh, I don't think it's a spoiler to reveal that there's an upcoming sequel as well. Right. Uh, that's going to come out. Yeah, the I guess teaser's in the new out year, there, right, so yeah. In 2023. Uh, and, and I just feel like somehow, inexplicably, this is under the radar to the mainstream. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's a big deal with horror people and a big deal with, like, cinephiles. Because, again, Martin Scorsese, I think, even yeah. mentioned that he loved, loved this movie. But it, it just seems like it should be much more fanfare around this this movie in these two movies than what we're getting. And I'm not really sure what happened where it's kind of derailed from the mainstream. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause again, I feel like, you know, if like Jordan Peele made these movies, I feel like right. it would be a huge deal. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? But, but he's a huge name, so that's not really fair. True. Yeah. Um, to be, yeah. To be fair, Ty West isn't exactly household name in that sense. And, and maybe that's part of it is cause he's kind of established as a certain lane of horror, like indie horror. Mm -hmm. So maybe, it's kind of just stays there a little bit. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, because most of his stuff has been pretty, pretty indie fair. Mm -hmm. I know he had like a couple movies with like some bigger stars, like the Western he did and everything, but even that I think is still pretty in on the indie front. Right. It's maybe on the higher side of it, but nothing really like blowing up theaters or anything like that. So. But at the end of the day, at least, it looks like Ty West is getting to do exactly what he wants to do with this story, mm -hmm. and he's getting to do three movies set yeah. with these characters. It's pretty cool. Really awesome. For someone that has always been a fan of his since The Roost, it's really awesome to see him be able to do something like this. Um, he's never really let me down. I even like Cabin Fever 2 for its batshit craziness. Mm. I know even he doesn't like it, but, you know, uh, <laughs> which, is, which, is, yeah. which is fair. I would like to see what his cut would have been. But, uh, man, it's just so cool to see him. And he doesn't, he still hasn't disappointed me. How do you feel about Pearl? Right there. I'm fucking, I'm charged up. I love this movie. This movie <laughs> was amazing and i guess it makes sense given that this basically combines two of my all-time favorite movies ever that i would consider to be some of the best of all time with you know wizard of oz and texas chainsaw massacre mm. so it's it's basically those two put into one you know just horror movie uh so yeah i absolutely loved it and God damn it, she does have the X factor. Mia Goth is amazing mm. in this movie. Like, she blew me away. I don't know how you felt about it, but holy shit. I, w I was just charged up. Yeah, like I said, I, I fucking just loved every minute of it. I had a much different reaction. Oh, no. Is this going to be a Halloween Ends discussion? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't really understand what all the hype is about, and... To be honest, I only made it about 35 minutes in before I turned it off. I'm just joking. No, I felt the same way. No, I can't. I can't, I can't keep the ruse going. I, oh, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Love the setting. It's so unique. Yeah. 
for cinema in general, the, this era of 1918 and rural setting 1918 and not involving World War One directly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like characters left over, you know, while other people are away fighting a war. I mean, to me, it's just extremely unique. And I love this idea of burgeoning technology with cinema and how it's fascinating these young people in the story and how they get swept up into it and yeah. want to be a part of it. And just stars in their eyes, yeah. you know, from it. And just opening up a whole new world, especially with everything so bleak around you. It's easy to want to have that escapism. And I guess it's kind of the birth of what we've all kind of felt in a lot of times of just wanting an escape from reality. Well, with Pearl, it's like she is... I mean, Pearl is, is it's a complicated character because she is a villain in the classical sense, right? I mean, she is a slasher in the classical sense. Yes. But they give you enough through the performance and the writing to, I mean, sympathize might be the wrong word, but well, you understand it on a weird level. This, this movie makes you drop your guard a lot mm. because she is so... Like, in moments, she's so sweet mm. and charming and kind of, like, timid in ways that you, you just start you start rooting for her mm. and you care about her. Then she does something fucked up and you're like, oh, that's right. I'm in a horror movie and she's dry <laughs> fucking a scarecrow to completion. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. Back in it, back in it. Yeah, Pardon yeah, me, yeah, she was sure. making love to that scarecrow. <laughs> my, my apologies, sir. How dare you be so crass? I'm married! <laughs> yeah, it, 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 yeah it, does, it just keeps you, it keeps you on your toes because you want to forget what her character is capable of. And you do forget. I, at least I did. I was so just like, oh, I just want, I mean, like the motif of Wizard of Oz, she's so much like an older version of... Dorothy. She's mm. very Judy Garland in her performance. And I know I heard that Wes had her watch Wizard of Oz before making it. I'm sure she had seen it before, but just to get a refresh right of it and get a kind of sense of what they were going for. And it, it you do get that feeling with her that you just you root for her. Yeah. And then she does something fucked up and you're like, No, I can't I can't root for her. It doesn't matter. Can't do it. And it's it's interesting because it is a slasher film and because you know how traditionally those films play out. It's almost like inner, every interpersonal relationship she has, you know, is doomed. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So the more you get to know a character that she's talking to, you, you, there's kind of that little lizard brain part of you that's going, when's she going to like decide not to deal with this person anymore, you know? So it's yeah. kind of, it's almost like scene by scene, you, you know, she takes down someone that you're getting to know or whatever, man, I, I tell you to me, the most tragic character though, even though she's, you know, in her own way, tragic, the dad, the dad yeah. in this movie, it's, it's such a great performance mm-hmm. by someone that can't speak. Cause her, her father is had suffered. I assume it's supposed to be, a stroke, but it might be polio related because of the era. I'm not sure what's going on. Said something about having a sickness, so maybe something. It might be polio, but he is emotive. Like you can see facial expressions a little bit, 
but he can't speak. He can't get up out of his chair. But this actor gives this great performance. Mm-hmm. You can tell he can still think and yeah. he's seeing stuff play out in front of him. And he's being treated like an invalid, but he probably is still there mentally. And just seeing the abject terror in his eyes sometimes. Yeah, he, he is really just off delivers the a hell of yeah. a performance with those yeah. eyes. Um, this just really well constructed, well written part. And man, I mean, I just, oof. <laughs> just yeah. waiting for him to finally be mercifully. Uh, taken out. <laughs> I think that really is a good buildup of Drek because you know there's nothing good for any of these characters right. that Pearl is around. And so from the moment you see him and you get those Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibes where she's feeding him and you're like, oh, he's a grandpa. But mm. just from that moment, you know nothing's going to end well for him. And it's it's just like, oh, just get it over with. This is going to be awful. I loved uh, this motif of, you know, there, there's well-to-do in-laws, uh, mm-hmm. her, her husband that's away at war, who we see. Who we know from yeah. the first. Howard, right? Yeah, Howard, a, yes, from X. Yes. He, he, he's away in World War One, but his in-laws are very well-to-do, and they come by and give um, Pearl's family a pig, which her mother rejects because her mother is very militant and yeah. very old school. We don't accept charity. Don't accept charity. And for whatever Bitch, reason, you eat that pig. <laughs> this pig, which is beautiful, by the way, it looks oh, prime so, and ready to oh, eat. Oh man, I was like, yeah. God, that looks so good. <laughs> it sits out on the front porch through the whole film, pretty much, yeah. and slowly decays and slowly has maggots growing on it. Mm-hmm. And it's very grotesque, but it's almost like the further along that pig is, the further along the just horrible the destruction, m- yeah, yeah, and her sort of. Break from out. yeah, her spiraling down to just being like, I'm just gonna f- kill everything that moves. Tell tell me some break like standout moments, standout scenes for you. It was it was interesting how they worked modern day into like 1918, and it basically working with like the whole pandemic oh, and everybody like running around in masks and all that. That was really interesting to see. You know, I, I talked about the, all the motifs of like Wizard of Oz where there's even a point, you know, you got a scarecrow in it. There's a point where she's riding the bike like the Wicked Witch of the West mm-hmm. character, even, even with like a top hat type thing. And outside of the theater just has this architecture just gave me vibes of like Wizard of Oz. I don't even know why. I, I will say with as far as like deaths and stuff go, I don't know if you want to get into that yet. Well, you want to do our standard issuing uh, spoiler warning slash... Yeah, I think we're going to have to get into spoilers Well, here. it's pretty obvious we recommend this. I mean, and if you've seen X, I mean, you kind of already... It's a This is a prequel. You already know kind of an idea of how things are going to go down. And I think as of this recording, this is still only available to rent. I don't think it's streaming anywhere. Yeah, it's anywhere not streaming anywhere. But honestly, I do feel like it needs to be financially supported so if you're a fan of horror yeah, I, you can rent it for like five bucks yeah i highly recommend throwing it a couple of bucks just to sort of you know vote with your money a little bit because mm-hmm. i would love to see these yeah champion something like this yeah, yeah. You know, it's such a cool concept that they've done here and he basically created like a technicolor nightmare this is like mm. wizard of oz in a horror movie yeah. like it's so beautifully shot it is insanely impressive 
for them to have just what feels like on a whim come up with the concept of a prequel. Right. Write it out right before they're shooting another movie and then just go into production right when they finish the movie. And this doesn't feel rushed at all. This feels like they put so much time into it. It's in, it's insane. So we both recommend this. Check it out. Yep. Yep. We are now yep. Yep. into spoiler territory. I don't think we'll just horribly spoil it. Maybe. Okay. So okay, I guess maybe. We are. I, I mean, okay. I, it's mm, there is one point. I mean, I guess it, I don't. We'll get to it. We'll okay. To we'll it. we'll we'll do the old rule of like maybe we will spoil the shit out of this, but we're yeah. not going to break it down beat by beat. Right. You know, just yeah. So yeah. we're not going to we'll, give you a full recap. Yeah. Tell us. Tell us what stand out to you. It sounds like I mean, there was a scene you really wanted to talk about. It's it's Mia Goth's uh, monologue. Mm. Her the, this is at the end of the movie, so like he's again spoilers. the The whole concept of this is there is a uh, she finds out from her in laws as we discuss that there is it's her sister in law that there's going to be a audition held for a dancer for like some type of church thing. Yeah. It's like a touring yeah. dance group for a church. Yeah. yeah which seems weird, but weird. whatever. So that they're going to be holding auditions. And so Pearl's super excited. That's what she wants to do. She wants to be a dancer. She wants to be a star. And so she ends up going to these auditions after the audition. She's uh, walking back with her sister-in-law brings her sister-in-law inside and starts having a conversation and Pearl is upset and everything and her sister-in-law says well you know if you have something to say because she wants she says she has something she she wants to talk to Howard Mm. basically and she's like well if you have something to say just pretend I'm Howard and say it and then Pearl goes into this monologue that felt like 10 minutes I don't know Mm -hmm. how long it was and I don't mean felt like 10 minutes in a bad way. Right. But it was just to have it basically on her face the whole time and her to venture into so many different emotions and then to go back to so many other emotions all while delivering this dialogue and f- having it be believable and you sucked into it and... Not knowing how to feel, because at this point, I mean, she's killed people, so she's not a good person, and she's going into this whole thing about how she's not a good person, but you can see it on her face that she does, it feel like a part of her does feel bad about it, maybe can't control it, you know, maybe this is just that one kind of moment of vulnerability where she kind of senses that she's not right, it was just blew me away her performance in that moment mm. Mm. there's lots of just confidence I, th- I feel like it's the type of thing that could only happen when an actor and director really trust each other mm-hmm. and trust each other's instincts and everything because there's so many moments like that i feel like in this movie where where it lingers a little bit longer than normal yeah and uh i mean spoiler the ending shot she mia goth just maintains a smile through the entire credits that's the other point i was i didn't sure if you want to get into I yes mean, just stuff like that that's, is just unbelievable to again me. that's one of those things that just had me charged i'm just like what right her her performance is unreal in this 
and she just sits there with the fakest smile you've ever seen deliberately mm. it's supposed to be that way she and she starts like crying while just giving this huge just like fake smile and she drops the facade and stops smiling and then she starts smiling again it had to be like two minutes at least right right i don't know how she did it she was unreal in this movie no i agree i i, I mean in you alluded to it the audition sequence i think is one of the most like uncomfortable scenes seeing it play out and you know it's building to this point mm-hmm. it's been hinted and you know just logically as a person with intelligence that she's going to do badly in this audition mm-hmm. that she has this really distorted view of herself as a star and when she gets out in front of people to actually dance professionally it's going to go horrible but it goes so far off the charts horribly not just in her audition itself but her reaction to it that's the thing that's really uncomfortable obviously and that that's kind of to my point of where you feel for pearl and then she does something that takes that away because at first she's just really kind of you feel for her at first because she's just like you can tell she's upset and sad and devastated and you feel bad for her character you're just like god you just you just want to hug, give her a hug and be like, it's going to be okay. And then she just flips the fuck out and you go, oh, that's right. This is not a good person. <laughs> right, right. And then it gets really just like, oh, God. Well, it's, uh, th- there's lots of little sidetracks or everything. She, she uh, you know, kind of has, I guess, an affair essentially with uh, the projector of a local cinema. Yes. That's kind of a bourgeois, uh, you know, bohemian type guy yeah. that lives in the theater and his love is cinema. God, that sounds like a dream. Oh yeah. And he basically sells her on this idea of like, Oh, we'll go to Europe. You know, film is huge in Europe and you can be an actor there so easily because they appreciate art and blah, blah, blah. And she really, he really plants the seed inside of her head. She's not smart enough to realize or with it enough to realize you know, he's full of bullshit or whatever. Yeah. And when that kind he of He lives starts, in a fucking theater. He's right. not doing anything. He's, he's a fly-by-night type of guy. Yeah. And, you know, so you can't put any stock in anything he's saying. And when it's kind of revealed that he has no serious intentions of, you know, bringing her to Europe or whatever, uh, you just keep waiting for it to build to that mm-hmm. moment. And how is she going to deal with that reality? And that's the biggest thing. It's kind of like, you know, your dreams versus the way things really are. And, and, uh, it's like, even though this is like very bombastic and swinging for the fences style, I think there is a little piece of all of us that kind of relates to this idea of, you know, you have dreams or ambitions and then, you know, at the end of the day, most of us have to work. You what? Know. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> I mean, at all. But, you know, I feel like any human being has, you know, ambitions yeah, for sure. that have to be kind of stifled yeah. because there's reality and there's bills and whatever. And uh, seeing this hyper-exaggerated version of this young adult kind of dealing with those ideas, mm. I-, I thought was really fascinating and it really spoke a lot about, again, I know this is very surface level stuff, but, you know, social media and people, young people now wanting to be influencers and that being the career trajectory for so many people that they see a Mr. Beast of the world and think mm-hmm. that I'm doing that period. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and if it doesn't work out, you end up being the guy that, you know, tried to talk to Logan Paul and right. Logan Paul goes, I don't want to, 
I don't know who you are. You need to do this yourself. And then you make a video of yourself crying in your car. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I feel like, have you been on my YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, I'm just recounting my own stories. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like they did a really smart version of illustrating some of those modern issues yeah. with something that happened over a hundred years ago with this burgeoning technology of cinema, mm-hmm. which was so new at the time uh, that I could see how it really captivate a lot of people yeah. and make a lot of people hopeful for things that were probably never going to happen. You know, right. And that still happens to today. I mean, yeah, just like social media is kind of, right. I mean, still in its infancy, even though, I mean, it's been around for a good, 20 years roughly but still that's crazy yeah still that's still pretty young i'm old enough to remember friendster do you remember friendster oh yeah i remember i never had friendster i I never did either yeah it's so funny i I resisted all that stuff i resisted cell phones and social media and then like oh i was the opposite i was like give me a myspace really and give me that brick uh nokia phone (laughs) (laughs) I, i had a placeholder myspace and then uh someone introduced me to Facebook and then, yeah, I kind of, unfortunately, I was, I I, kind of, I don't know why, but I fought YouTube for the longest. I was like, I don't, I don't want anything to do with this. And then eventually I'm like, Oh yeah, it's pretty much gonna be the only thing I watch. (laughs) I know. I I, like, I have to resist watching YouTube sometimes because for sure. It's so easy. It it turns into almost like doom scrolling style where you're just watching stuff. Yeah. You know, and you get like, I I don't have time to watch a movie right now. Two and a half hours later, you're still watching little videos on YouTube. I I fall into that. Well, sometimes I'm just watching people's opinions on movies and stuff. And it's like, I could, I could have watched a whole movie by now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Discover something new, but I'm watching six different takes on the same movie you know what i mean which is still fun but it's <laughs> movie it's i didn't like, even care for so i'm saying yeah. it's just you know anyway we're on, we're on a sidetrack but i just thought it was really we great found, we went down a youtube rabbit hole there <laughs> the parallels of you know what what ty west and mia goth are exploring in this movie mm-hmm. to to you know 2022 and i guess that's going to echo in maxine as well you know with an 80s culture version of it maybe yeah um but yeah well i guess that remains to be seen what they're going to do with it Were there any kills that really stood out to you or anything like that? Hmm. I, you know what? It's very mundane, but but I thought when she killed the projectionist, uh-huh. it was so matter of fact that something about it was yeah. really striking to me. I uh, really, I really love the setup that because there's it, it happens in all, so many horror movies where you're just like, bro, turn the fuck around. Sure, just turn around. Right. Why won't you turn around? Turn the fuck around. I know you. I know you don't know you're in a horror movie, but turn around, <laughs> and you're 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 completely. Uh, what's it? Just like complacent or something like. Well, just he's not given any showing. You know, he doesn't have any fear of her character. He's just writing her off as, you know, not being any type of threat to him himself, and. So he gets in the, you're just like, bro, turn around. And then he finally turns around and you expect to see her come in rage with a pitchfork. And then there's nobody there and you're like, oh, okay. And then he turns around and, oh, there she is. And mm. it's like, I thought that was a really good kind of bait and switch moment. Well, it's, it's nice too to see that actor, all the supporting cast is really great in this, by the way. Yeah. They do a great job of grounding this world because Mia Goth is so 
over the top and melodramatic in a yeah. good way. Yes. But the, these it other really people, fit well. yeah, the other people kind of ground the, the setting, but I loved almost all the deaths. I thought were so the way the actors getting killed play it out are so almost like, I don't want to say mundane, but they're almost like realistic in this yeah. surreal story almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause you almost always see that point the turn where the person becomes truly scared. There's a moment where they're like, Oh shit, this person might hurt me. I got to get out of here. But then there's a point of no turning back where they realize almost all these characters are like, I'm, I'm going to die right here. Like this person is killing me. And there's like, you can just see the acting of the projectionist and the in-law. I thought that was a really good death scene as well. The sister-in-law. Yeah. The Texas chainsaw massacre. Yeah. Yeah, That's my favorite where she's chasing her down with the ex kind of like, the hitchhikers chasing um, Sally mm. down the road, you know, cutting her with the razors. She's sure. cutting her with the, you know, kind of not really stabbing her, but I guess kind of just like slicing her up with the axe as she's running along the dirt road. Yeah, I thought that that was kind of my favorite one was that. That's, that's what uh, I, I feel like Ty West does a great job with that. That's an X as well. Where there's this characters realizing the situations they're in, yeah. and it's not just like a standard, where it's it's still fun in a weird way, but there's some tinge of reality to it, which yeah. I think kind of elevates it a little bit. The, um, the characters aren't given the relief of it coming out of nowhere; they know it's coming, and it's kind of it's kind of that point of you you know like we were just saying with the in law, it's she, that right in that tightrope of. Is there some way I can get out of this? If I say the wrong thing, mm-hmm. maybe if I just, maybe it's like, you know, a wild animal. If I just look at them and back away slowly, I'll be fine, <laughs> you know, type thing. Yeah. yeah, and it's just one of those things of just like you're in a bad spot and there might be, there's probably nothing you can do about it. Well, I, I, I... Totally love this. Did you, if you had to weigh it against X, you know, I think that's kind of the classic question. Which one did you prefer the two? Mm, you know, it's so, it's so difficult because I really love the vibe of X. Just that I always, I've always kind of thought that like I should have been like young teen teenager in the seventies. I feel like that was my era mm-hmm. that I didn't live through. So that whole vibe of the 70s era and the exploitation movies, one of my favorite subgenres of horror. I really love it. But this one really blew me away. And like I said, it kind of mixes my two favorite movies of all time. Hold on. Wizard of Oz is one of your favorite movies? Yeah, for sure. I thought you were terrified of the witch. I was. But even, but like now at this point, like it's become like (laughs) one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Yeah. It terrified me as a child, but yeah. nowadays, like it's it's one of my favorites for sure. Very cool. I I think I think I'm gonna go with Pearl. I just yeah. really was impressed with what they did with this movie. Kind of yeah. blew me away, really. I, I'm unfortunately I'm in, for the listeners I'm in agreement with you because yeah. I mean I know that kind of makes for a boring listen, but. Uh, I never thought I would like this more than X because I, I was really taken by X as well. But I, I think this one just fired on all cylinders. I think this, the, uh, you know, kind of like the synergy of these people working together before mm-hmm. bled over into this and it made it even more special. There's a part of me that hopes 
I know this is like Hail Mary style. Maybe they need to quit while they're ahead. But there's a part of me that hopes they introduce another character in Maxine to, so they to, can explore yeah. other eras. You know, I would love to see similar motifs in the 90s mm-hmm. or, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like bleed over into other spots. But, you know, maybe it does need to be a solid trilogy. And this, <laughs> yeah, it's it probably the best <laughs> to do it. But it'd also be, you know, we got between 1918 and 1979. Let's see Pearl get up to some more shit. Mm, true. You know? True. But now it's probably best just leave it at the trilogy. Yeah. yeah, I mean they did it so well that leave us wanting more. It's gonna be instead some of being law. like, okay, kind of shut, stop. Law of diminishing returns type yeah. of. Plus, I mean, these people are so talented; they probably need to go off and do something totally different. Yeah, because you know? I think I'm pretty sure this is like Ty West. I think this is his first like sequel of any sort oh, okay. i mean i know he did kevin fever too but he didn't do kevin fever one i think this is right. the first time he's ever made a sequel to any of his stuff so well grade it what's your a plus a plus a plus i'd give it an a plus plus but i guess we just do a plus <laughs> i don't remember what i gave x i don't either uh because so, i feel like this should be more but i'm still gonna go with a solid a i'm not nah. I, I don't i loved it but it, but i'm still trying to reserve the a plus for just like something that just you know what I mean? Like, I need everyone to see it. And and I get how this would not be for everyone. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I see that too, but I just can't help it. This movie just, <laughs> it touched me in a particular well, way for sure. I, I, I really was impressed by it. And it's tough for me to believe anyone that's not a cinephile wouldn't enjoy this movie. I'm not saying yeah. love it as much as we did, but it just seems like if you really love movies, that this would be something. Honestly, I'm really interested you know that Spielberg movie, Fablemans? Yeah. That's all about filmmaking and oh, the, the the magic of cinema. I'm sure it's wonderful. But there's a part of me that thinks Pearl is a better is going to be a better version of that. Maybe. This is about like love of cinema and how beautiful and important and magical all that stuff is. But it's doing it in a non-sentimental way. Yeah. And I think that's tougher to do and right. there's something more serious going on here than people like the fablemans is probably gonna win all these oscars yeah. and or at least be nominated for and, sure and pearl's probably gonna fly under the radar and not get any kind of attention of that sort yeah me goth definitely should be getting an oscar that's what I'm saying. but you know she, like, she won't even be acknowledged that's what I'm saying. like i i understand that this isn't gonna win a bunch of things but it just feels like it should be acknowledged and yeah. rewarded a little bit by the mainstream but you know what uh, lots of great things build momentum, and I yeah. bet twenty years from now these movies are going to be pretty substantial for young people yeah. and you know going forward. So it's hard to call stuff like horror classics, but I, right. I could totally see this being one of those classic horror movies that people are still talking about in twenty years. Agreed. Yeah. So that's a solid. I guess we're going to skew with an A+, because I gave it a solid A, you gave an A+. Let's, I mean, we can go A. It don't matter. <laughs> I don't know if we've ever given, given anything an A+. Plus we haven't. So far. I don't think we have. Fair enough. This is still just an A. I guess we both have to give it an A+, plus for it to be yeah, that level. To, yeah. That's fair. The Holler Kings say, check it out. We give it an A. Yep. Pearl. On every episode of the Holler Kings, we explore a segment called Holler at Your Boys. Holler at your boys, y'all. 
open topic. And today, since we're heralding the new year of 2023, I thought... Right on the cusp. Let's talk about things in the horror genre that we're looking forward to mm. in the year of our Lord, 2023. Boom. There Adam, it is. Kick us off. Unless you want me to go first. I mean, I think the most obvious uh, would be Maxine. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Like, cannot, especially after Pearl, I cannot wait to see Maxine. Mm-hmm. I was already excited for it, but now I'm just, I'm elated. I'm just so excited for it. I cannot wait. I think that's the most obvious one to throw out there. Fair enough. Fair enough. I wanted to lead with some upcoming Dracula projects. Oh, okay. And then after that, I'll, I'll give you the floor. The Go for it. Well, yeah, I think it's on the tip of your tongue. Renfield yeah. Yeah. Is, is the main one I'm looking forward yeah. to, but there's some special things about it. So Renfield, for those of you that don't know, this is uh, Nicholas Holt will play mm-hmm. the iconic Renfield character, the, you know, the, uh, what do you call it? The um, familiar, I guess. Right, yeah. Of Dracula and Nicholas Cage is playing Dracula, but... The, uh, the what makes me really excited about it is a the logo was classic. <laughs> it looks like the Dracula from 1931. Really, it was yeah. just a big deal to me. But also, uh, Robert Kirkman came up with the basic story oh, concept. Nice. Who? I mean, I think you know the road I'm going down here. Mm-hmm. He's from Kentucky. Yeah. The director, his name is Chris McKay. He's from like Adult Swim. And I was stuff like that. that name sounds familiar. He he did the Tomorrow War that uh, Chris Pratt oh, movie okay. that went to yeah. Amazon. Yeah. So he's you know he's kind of like up and coming I guess, but uh, he's from Florida. Okay, nice. Uh, to top it off, this film about Dracula and Renfield, it's set in modern day. Okay, mm-hmm. in New Orleans. Oh shit! Yeah. So it's just like stacked for us yes. to do on the podcast. So I'm really like, if it's not only is it Dracula and it's you know Nicolas Cage and Robert Kirkman, like all this stuff I love, uh, but it's coming out April of this year supposedly. So I think it should be something that we try to do for the podcast as oh, soon sure. as we can check it out. Yeah. The other one is called Last Voyage of the Demeter. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this one was exciting to me because it's it's on a very specific chapter of Dracula mm-hmm. that they're going to expand on it, obviously, because it's a very brief uh, journal, journal entry <laughs> right. from a character. And they're going to explore this ship that transports Dracula from Carpathia to London. Right. And this is a doomed ship. You know, if you've ever read the novel or seen any of the movies, mm-hmm. you know that pretty much everyone on board gets killed. Um, but I think it, it's really ripe for someone to take that that concept and, you know, run with it. And it's directed by your boy, the one that, the guy that directed uh, The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Oh, yeah, Andre Overda. Yeah, Overdaw. yeah, yeah. So that, that was, I thought that was really exciting. And um, one of the main actors... Is, which I, I can't pronounce his name. It's like David Demastadalian. Oh, Polka Dash Dot Man. Ma- yeah, yeah, Dash Melon. Yeah, Ma- Ma- yeah that we, dude. We, I, just, I really like that guy. I mean, everything he pops mm-hmm. up in, he, he does a great job. And I, you I, love him in... He was in a Kevin Smith movie. Oh, I didn't see that, I guess. Or I don't remember him. Oh, shit. Which one was it? Was it Reboot? I mean, it would have to be Reboot, right? 
But yeah, he, I'm pretty sure it was reboot. He's someone, uh, I think he's one of those, he's like Dick Miller at this point, where mm-hmm. you, you recognize him, and you're like, oh, that guy. But I think he's on the cusp of kind of becoming almost a leading man, so it's kind of cool to yeah. see him be at the top of, top billing of a, you know, pretty big project, so. And then th- there's also the Robert Eggers uh, Nosferatu. Apparently that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean... know if that'll actually come out in 2023. Right, but, right. Yeah. So those are, those are the Dracula projects that I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. I, I give the microphone back over to you. Um, speaking of ones, I don't know for sure if it'll come out in 2023, but I feel like it could be geared up to do that. And that would be, I really look forward, even if it doesn't come out next year, I'm really still super looking forward to making Blair's toxic Avenger remake. Oh, of course. Yeah. So, I, I know I haven't heard much about it in a while. Um, but if it ends up coming out this year, that's one I'm really looking forward to. You think the pandemic stuff derailed that? Because that has been around for a while. Yeah, like. I'm sure it probably did for a little bit. Huh. Yeah. Uh, well, that's another one that can grandfather into us because I think Macon Blair is a Southerner. Yeah. So we could, even though Troma is a quintessential New York story. Yeah, it's very, uh, yeah. You never know, though. He might put a Southern spin on it. I don't yeah, know what he has in mind. Literally that he's, you know, from... New Jersey and all that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it is in the day. It is baked in the DNA. That would be kind of shitty if Megan uh-huh. Blair makes it like in <laughs> in Georgia, the Toxic Avenger. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but it, I mean, it could end up being something just that they end up setting some place like that just because it would be cheaper to make it there or something. Mm. So yeah, that's one I'm really excited for. Cool. That's um, a that's a great pool. I, I forgot about it. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. One, uh, another one, (laughs) Um, some people might want to pull my horror card for this, but I'm super excited about the Teen Wolf movie that's coming out. Is it based on the series? Yeah, the TV, the MTV TV show. Is it actual theatrical thing? It's Paramount Plus. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So they're doing it. Uh, to I, I guess technically would be considered a TV movie. I don't know what you, but yeah, I'm super excited about that. I really love the TV show. I know a lot of people probably wouldn't agree, but I, I've really enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool, interesting show that didn't just do like basic, you know, werewolves, vampires, and stuff. They got into a lot of like Native American type stuff and like Asian and they 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 really didn't just rest on the laurels of being like werewolves mm-hmm. type thing. They really w- kind of put in work to offer other type of like creatures and ghosts and beings or whatnot. So is it called Teen Wolf, the movie? Or, or it, it might some... just be called Teen Wolf. I don't, I don't know what they're calling it exactly. Cause wouldn't, wouldn't the titular character not be a teen anymore? If I mean, technically, but, Oh, they're just gonna say he's still a teen. I guess, yeah. I guess they're still it's calling like it teen. It's like a thirty-year-old man at this point. Like, <laughs> I guess they're still just calling it Teen Wolf. Um, I mean, it is marquee value. It would be kind of dumb, I guess, to be like Adult Wolf, <laughs> former Teen Wolf. Or... But yeah, no. Uh, yeah, as far as I know, it's still just called Teen Wolf. Huh. Maybe there's just a new Teen Wolf. It's I think like his nephew. I mean, it seems like most of the original cast is coming back, but maybe there's like some newer characters and stuff going to be added. Hmm. Except for uh, Dylan, what's his name? Dylan O'Brien. I don't think he's coming back. I don't. I won't be able to help you with any of this because I don't yeah. know anything about this yeah. stuff. It was a good show. Yeah. Was, I enjoyed it. 
I really like that show. I know a lot of people would shit on it and just be like, it's Twilight with werewolves or something. There's a lot of hot dudes with their shirts off, but I mean, it was a, it was a good show. I really enjoyed it. There is some like melodrama, a lot of melodrama too. I mean, it's a teen, you know, it's a teen drama show. So there is melodrama to it and stuff like that, but I really liked it and thought they had some interesting, cool, like baddies of the, not necessarily of the week. Cause it's not like each episode is its own thing. It's like a full story, but it, you know, baddies of the season type thing. So, and so since they've, uh, come out with that. I've been really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Teen Wolf the movie. Yep. Adam says check it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, also, our boy uh, Chad Crawford Kinkle. He, he has his upcoming project, which apparently he shot in Alaska yeah. in 2022. I would hope that it would be slated for you know 2023. Uh, right. Mysterious project that. You know, he's always kind of on our radar, so yeah. we'll have to uh, keep an eye out for that. And uh, there's also the Ryan Gosling Wolfman project. Oh, but really? I, I think that's pre-production, so I don't know. What's interesting mm. about that, though, is, uh, strangely enough, the guy that directed Blue Valentine and The Place Beyond the Pines, oh, like yeah. very independent, quiet dramas starring Ryan Gosling, yeah. he's slated to direct The Wolfman so hmm. that fascinates me that, that there's like this indie, you know, intellectual director yeah. that does these kind of quiet movies. Well, actually, you know what? There's some bombastic parts of those movies, but you know what I mean? Right. Uh, helming a Wolfman project is interesting to me. And Ryan Gosling is like a quintessential uh, monster kid. Like his character in uh, The Place Beyond the Pines has like a Frankenstein tattoo. And uh, for the longest time, I don't think Ryan Gosling's ever been active on Twitter, but he had a placeholder that was official. And it was just a picture of Frankenstein hmm. for, for many years. So I am I think he's always kind of wanted to be in that sphere. So maybe this was like the right project yeah, to kind of jump into. he hasn't into horror too much. Mm-hmm. Except, for, a lot of... except for Goosebumps, baby. Oh, when he was a kid? Yeah, he was oh, in wow. Say Cheese and Die and Say <laughs> Cheese and Die Again. <laughs> I knew I knew he was young Hercules for a minute there. So. Yeah. That would have been funny if they had cast him as Hercules for Marvel. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they could have gone full circle. But mm-hmm. uh, he has wisely sidestepped superhero fare. Then he was kind of in last, but... He was kind of in that. Oh, yeah. He really hasn't done uh, any type of no Marvel or DC or, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. But it'll probably happen at some point, unfortunately. I mean, yeah. Uh, If he comes up, becomes hard up for money. He is working with uh, Margot Robbie on that Barbie movie. So you never know. She might whisper in his ear, be in DC, be this guy, be the new Joker. I don't know. So I would watch that. I'd be down for him as Joker. No, no. Um, I don't know how I feel about him being Wolfman, but I mean, it could be cool. Larry Talbot. Being like a uh, tortured guy with an inner demon, I could. See I mean, him do it. I could see him do it as far as acting chops. He just seems so modern to me. I don't. Mm. It's just kind of hard to read it, you know. Well, I think if they did it, it would be an up. It would be in modern. You think times. it'd be in like modern I, times? That's that's yeah. my impulse. I, I just you know? I just kind of figured because the last one they did was period. Yeah, with uh, Del or Del Benicio del Toro. Yeah, 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 yeah. But maybe they're like, oh. Well, look how that turned out. Let's do a modern one. Maybe. It's already been a few years, though, because, yeah. I don't know, I think 
audiences are more open to some of these concepts because of Marvel movies and all that stuff going mainstream that a Wolfman yeah. movie might do a little better nowadays, but you know, remains to be seen. I know, I'm pretty sure, I know for sure, because we were talking about it on the last episode, I know Joe Lynch recently f- did a m- movie. I don't know when it's supposed to be coming out sure. or anything, but if it, if it comes out, I've all, I love all his movies, so if it ends up coming out in 23, that's definitely something I'll be psyched to see. I think Adam Green has some stuff coming up too. Mm. So, are you at all excited for the Exorcist reboot that David Gordon Green is doing? Not really, in the least bit. It just seems so unnecessary to me, but that's how I feel about a lot of stuff. So, it just seems to be fair. The first one, given his given his track record, the first one will be great, and the other ones will be uh, kind of like I don't know. We'll see. Well, is it a trilogy? It's supposed to be like I heard a, it was going to be a oh, trilogy. I, didn't that. I could be wrong, yeah. but that's what I just I just heard that in passing that it was supposed to be that. Maybe maybe not. I mean, with that track record, maybe the first one will be great. They had no business being so goddamn good, but they pulled it off. So I don't know why they want to risk it. The TV show was fucking a great way to end the storyline, and I don't know why they want to bring it back up. Like after those prequels that they come out with that tv show it should not have been good and it was fucking amazing i don't know if you ever watched i think we watched the first season really liked it and then just fell off of it well Um, the second season it was only the two seasons the second season kind of doesn't really follow the main cast of Mm -hmm. season one except for the two priests right um so it's kind of it's its own thing because that was the kind of idea was going to be the show was going to each season was going to be following the priest going to like different you know places and whatnot so it is a whole new storyline it was really really good season Mm -hmm. especially that season one and so there's just no reason to do another one i don't understand it i just is just knowing what's weird to me i know ip is keen right now and it probably in all fairness always has been but like, I get that The Exorcist is a big name and it means something in horror and just general population consciousness. But I feel like other than the original, none of them have done well. Like all the sequels, even if they're good, yeah. financially haven't really done that well no. and hasn't reached mainstream audiences. So I just always wonder, why are we going back to the well of this 50-year-old franchise over and over and over again. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense. But Halloween makes sense because that shit makes money. Oh yeah. No matter what they throw out there, but this, I don't really get why the studios always are like positioning top tier talent to do them because yeah. they never pan out. I don't yeah. know. Even to your point with the TV show, even though it was great, it only lasted two seasons. That's what I, I mean, like the third one is a great movie too. But yeah. It, it, I don't know that it was a hit. No, I mean, I it feel wasn't. Like it, not that I'm a, not that I've ever heard. So, I mean, I, I, I don't really understand. I mean, remember the debacle with the, the prequels that came out? Oh my God. Years ago? Yeah. I mean, why, why that's recent memory. So it's mm-hmm. weird to me that even Blumhouse, who I know they christen, they, they are a hit factory. Yeah. So maybe they just think they know the chemistry to put together. We got this guys. Yeah. But again, like you said, I don't know what the point is. If people aren't really, like you said, they're not going to see them. So what's yeah. the point? Maybe, maybe 
David Gordon Green's name and Blumhouse's name is enough to catapult it to get you know makes a good amount of money, but I just like I, I, I agree. I don't think the Exorcist brand as a you know name as a brand or as a franchise just really brings any money. Well, I, I'm rooting for it. I, like it's totally unnecessary and not something I feel compelled to see. I know it sounds terrible, but like I like David Gordon Green. I would like for it to be something interesting and different. So yeah. you never know. I mean, he might be the, after Halloween ends. I know that was very controversial for most people, but I, I want to see somebody go outside the box and do something different with the exorcist. But my hunch is like that it, it's not going to be super different, you know? Yeah. I feel like it, this would be the franchise doing it. Cause it's not a very, it's not branded in any certain way. It's not like Halloween where there's, 25 sequels before mm. that have a formula to it you look at all those the sequels that they have done for exorcist they're vastly different yeah that's true so it is it is one where you could kind of explore different options so i don't know we'll see i'm not like you i'm not super pumped for it but i'll eventually watch it we'll see how it goes we didn't mention the uh, Friday Thirteenth prequel. Are you are you warming up to that idea, or um, not really super I mean, worried about it? I mean, I'm I'm it's Friday the Thirteenth. I'm gonna watch it. I'm yeah. I'm down for it. We'll we'll see. Like I said, I haven't watched really much of his stuff, but he's got a good track record. Track record, from what I hear. You mean Brian Fuller? Brian Fuller. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm down for it. I'm not, I'm I'm have reservations about how they're going to make it work into a TV show. But I guess if anybody could, it would be him. So I'll be, I'll be down to watch it. I, you know, I haven't really done my homework, but I think a listener pointed out to us that uh, Brian Fuller maybe doesn't have the best track record because apparently thought, he abandons a lot of the projects he's in and stuff like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, he didn't abandon Hannibal, did no, he? No, he was no, with it the yeah, whole time. Yeah. I'm the, I, like I said, I don't know much of it. So I know specifically... Hannibal and American Gods. Right, right. So, yeah. And those are, I just mean the track record of that they're pretty big and like critically successful shows. Mm -hmm. So, hoping for the best. What about you, listeners slash viewers? What yeah. are you looking forward to in the year of 2023? Tell us in those comments or on social media. Find us at the Holler Kings. Let us know. And in the meantime, like this YouTube video and leave us a comment down below. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, we're so lonely. <laughs> <laughs> well, Happy New Year and thank you for listening. Adam, thank you for joining me. Thank you, sir, for having me. And until next time, holler at your boys, y'all. No, y'all come back now, you hear? Oh. God damn it. Wait, 2023 is going to be shit. Oh. <laughs>